Welcome in, everyone. It is Big 12 Bets with the Heartland College Sports Network, heartlandcollegesports.com, where you can get the best content in the Big 12. I'm Jeff Parles. Welcome in. The penultimate week of the regular season is here. How about that? We're almost at Thanksgiving. Crazy. You just blink your eyes, and this college football season just goes. Pretty wild stuff. So let's let's dive in. Let's go into it. Let's get rolling here. The Big 12, seven games this weekend. Let's start in Provo. Boy, BYU has been a mess. A mess and a half the last month. Wrote about this in the article this week at heartlandcollegesports.com. This actually amazingly does make the best bet list, but it's because of just how many points we're getting. BYU, here we go. Here's what they've done the last three games. They lost to Texas 35-6. Okay, you know what? That's acceptable. Even though it was Malik Murphy starting instead of Quinn Ewers. All right, acceptable. Texas is much more talented, and that game was in Austin. Okay, fine. 37-7, blasted in Morgantown. Okay, you know what? Losing that game is fine, but getting pummeled, not so good. And then the coup de gras came on Saturday night last weekend where that game was never competitive against Iowa State. 45-13. It was 31-7 at halftime. BYU gave up seven yards per play. Retzlav was not good again. 10-27, a touchdown, two picks. And, you know, there's a big question, at least to me, for Kalani Sataki, who has been a perfectly fine coach at BYU throughout his career. A few double-digit win seasons in uh, in the pandemic year. BYU was one of the few teams that played the whole schedule. They won 11 games. They won 10 games in 2021. I don't know if he is fit to be a Big 12 coach. I just don't think he's that good. And look, I know that Keaton Slovis was a big-time bust this year. They were hope BYU was hopeful that he would be the guy that originally was at USC, but he wasn't. But there are big questions in a Big 12. Look, of course, that will be 16 a year from now. And I wonder if the measuring stick of Utah being in the conference starting next year is going to change the way that things possibly go at BYU. Now, for this individual game, of course, they draw Oklahoma. Oklahoma is either a 24 or a 24 and a half point favorite, depending on the book. 57 the total here. Now, Oklahoma finally looked like Oklahoma last week. Credit to them. We got that right on the nose and that one in the column and the, in the podcast where Oklahoma took out multiple weeks of frustration and just annihilated a pretty good West Virginia team by 39 points and put 59 on them. Now, Oklahoma needs some help to get to Arlington. They need Oklahoma State to lose one of their last two, where Oklahoma State's going to be a pretty significant favorite, and we'll talk about their game in Houston, and they'll be a big favorite next week against these very Cougars in Stillwater. But the path is there all of a sudden to get to Arlington, even with those two losses to KU and at Bedlam. Now, for this one, this game starts at 10 a.m. local time in Provo. It's senior day. It's three and a half touchdowns, which is a lot to be getting here. Now, I expect Oklahoma to win this game comfortably. I expect them to win. 
But the fact that we're getting 24 or 24 and a half with BYU is just a little too much for me to pass. Now, could Oklahoma win this game by 35? Yeah, of course they could. But we'll take the points with BYU. 24, 24 and a half, doesn't matter. All is good on that. All right, let's go to West Virginia and Cincinnati. We also wrote this one up in the column as well. And it's funny, as soon as the column came out, we re-record this podcast a little bit after the column goes live. West Virginia is down to six and a half. We wrote it up at seven against Cincinnati in the total of 54. I'm a little perplexed by this move here where Cincinnati finally played a good game last week. They went on the road at Houston. West Virginia, of course, was a mess. But I think that had more to do with Oklahoma than it had to do with West Virginia last week. I think OU was just ready to stomp someone. And for West Virginia, now look, there are some concerns on the defense where other than that BYU game, West Virginia's defense really has not played well over the last five games. Played well against BYU, but I think that had more to do with the Cougars. Yeah, they beat Central Florida, but Central Florida, if they didn't turn the ball over, probably would have won that game. Oklahoma State put 48 on him. Houston, we know, beat him on the Hail Mary. 41 points in that game for the Cougars as well. I, I don't think Cincinnati's the team that can take advantage of West Virginia's defense. Where Cincinnati, I, yes, I know they played well. They won the last week. But they're the worst team in this conference. I don't think there's any arguing that. And we're laying less than a touchdown now. I think that's pretty good on West Virginia. I would lay this to six and a half, seven, fine. Uh, again, of course, yes, you want the best number you can. But I thought this was good at seven. The fact that this is at six and a half, I think this is still good here with West Virginia. We'll lay it with the Mountaineers at home against Cincinnati. Again, Cincinnati, it's just not a good football team. Just not a good football team here in 2023. All right. A pretty bad matchup here. Pretty bad one in Fort Worth. TCU, Baylor. TCU needs to win out in order to get to a bowl. They get Oklahoma next week, so it's a high, a big time ask for TCU to get to six now. Baylor, totally lost season, monster disappointment. Really just, I'm stunned at how bad this has gone for Baylor. Where... I thought Baylor, look, I, I knew TCU was going to regress based off last year. You lose Max Duggan. You lose Quinton Johnston on your offense. You lose Miller. You 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 lose your you lose just too many pieces from a team that already was a pretty fortunate team as it was anyway. It made sense that TCU was going to regress. Baylor's regression, I mean, their defense has been awful this year. And now TCU's laying 13 and a half at home, 58 and a half at the is the total. This was the first game that I had, and I just crossed it off immediately. Immediately on this one. Where I thought that T I thought TCU probably should have been 11 and a half, 12. But Baylor is just in look, I don't want to say they're in give up mode, because that's a little unfair. That's a little bit unfair to say that. It's just not a just not good this year. And for TCU, where, again, that Texas Tech game is going to hurt them. The loss to Texas Tech and the the loss to West Virginia, those are the two games where if 
TCU ends up at five and seven instead of six and six, those will be the games you point at and say, you know what? They blew the opportunity. They should have won those games and gotten themselves bowl eligible. Uh, we're going to pass on this. 13 and a half right now. TCU favored over at DraftKings against Baylor. All right. Houston and Oklahoma State is up next. Oklahoma State on the road laying seven. 60, the total. Oklahoma State, the first team in almost 50 years to lose by 40-plus as a ranked team to an unranked team just does not happen the way that it happened last week in Orlando. And I'm a little bit frustrated with myself that I didn't make uh, make UCF an official play a week ago. We talked about it, that it was a horrible spot for Oklahoma State, and that the line was telling you something, that it was this short. Really no real reason for... Oklahoma State to have been sub three in that game. And then the Knights looked like, you know what? And we'll talk about Central Florida in a few moments in that game against Texas Tech coming up on Saturday. But the Knights are, with John Rice Plumley, are pretty reasonable football team. Now Oklahoma State gets Houston. And boy, did we learn our lesson last week. Don't bet on the Cougars when they're a favorite, guys. I learned my lesson in that one. Ooh. What a mistake. Just an awful performance by Houston last week against Cincinnati, who, again, we've already talked about, not a good football team. And Cincinnati thoroughly controlled that game. Now, Houston only ended up giving up five yards of play, but 4.7 is not good enough. Just really a rough performance by Dana Holgerson's squad where they had bull eligibility in their grasp, but now they have to pull a touchdown upset in order to even have a shot next week. Where, you know... So for Oklahoma State, let's go back there for a second. The Cowboys still control their destiny to get to Arlington. They win out, they're in. They've beaten all the other teams with two losses. They beat Oklahoma, they they beat K-State. They did lose to Iowa State, but the tiebreakers would lean us to Oklahoma State because of the record that Iowa State has had against other teams. And also, I don't think Iowa State's landing on two losses because they have Texas and K-State remaining two very difficult games. We'll get to the Clones and the Longhorns last here on the show today. But you look at this spot, and Houston nearly made the list on the column at plus seven. But I, I I, I just have to imagine that Oklahoma State coming off just the sheer embarrassment they took last week in Orlando bounces back and looks closer to the team they were the previous five weeks after that Iowa State loss. Not strong enough to take a play either side, though. I think these numbers are just about right. If it was seven and a half, I would probably be, Houston would have been written up in the article this week, and we would have put Houston in as an official play. But we're just going to stay out of this here. At seven with Oklahoma State laying it on the road. A tricky spot yet again, but a game that I think the Cowboys find a way to win. All right, let's go to Lubbock. They should probably scare you here, folks, that Texas Tech is a two-and-a-half or a three-point favorite. We, we got it at three officially in the column. Is an official play this week against Central Florida. Now, Texas Tech was fortunate to get out of Lawrence with a win. Even with the injuries, the injury to Bean right away in that game, I, I thought Ballard played well enough. For KU, but Kansas just couldn't finish drives. That's all that was. If KU finished that 98-yard drive with a touchdown, make it 99, 
they win that game. They finish the drive at the end with a touchdown, they win that game. So this could have been a very different result for Texas Tech last week, even hopping out to a 13-0 lead. And they were fortunate. They were fortunate to win the game last week against KU. And now they go home to take on Central Florida, who's just coming off of an extraordinary performance. Any way you slice it, it was extraordinary from Central Florida. And sometimes you have to look at sports betting like you look at the stock market. You got to buy low and you got to sell high. And this is a sell high spot on Central Florida for me. Where Central Florida's won two in a row. Other than that West Virginia game, since Plumlee's come back, they've looked pretty good. They had a real shot to beat Oklahoma. And next week, they have a very winnable game against Houston at home to get themselves bull eligible at 6-6. So, you look at this one. If you can lay less than three, do it in a heartbeat with Texas Tech. By the way, Texas Tech needs to win this game. Texas Tech loses this one. They're 5-5 five and five right now. If Texas Tech loses this game, they go to Austin next week. They ain't beating Texas in Austin next week. So this is your ball game. This is your getting into a bowl game for Texas Tech. You lose this game, you don't make a bowl. That is enough motivation to get Texas Tech with a win. Now, look, I don't love the must-win spots. Part of the reason teams are in gotta-have-it spots are because they're not that good, and Texas Tech's really not that good this year. We've talked about that in the show. One of the bigger disappointments in the league this year. But two and a half, three, they're both fine with me. I think Texas Tech wins by a touchdown. We'll lay it with the Red Raiders in this one against the Knights of Central Florida. All right, now here comes the toughest game on the card for me. It's the Sunflower Showdown. Kansas, Kansas State game in Lawrence. Uh, 6 o'clock local time there. K-State is an 8-point road favorite, 56.5 the total. Now, Jason Bean was back at practice for KU. He left uh, that Texas Tech game early with an injury. The true freshman, Ballard, I actually thought played pretty well, all things considered. Last drive was pretty impressive, even though they didn't punch it in. But KU, look, I... If Bean plays, this is too many points. I'm assuming we're not going to see Jalen Daniels. There's no reason to expect him to play again this year. Maybe in the bowl game, but not again in a regular season. Kansas State is, to me, still the second-best football team in this conference. I know the records don't play it out, and I know that they're going to miss out on Arlington because, really, that, that loss to Oklahoma State was awful. Kansas State has annihilated the horrible teams. We talked about it a few weeks ago, outscoring their opponents 120-24 to in that stretch against Texas Tech, TCU, and Houston. And then they did it again to Baylor this past weekend, uh, beating them 59-25 to in a rare college football score, Gami. But here's the deal in this game. It's very simple to me. If it is being, Yeah, you take with Kansas anything north of seven. If it's Ballard, you have to be getting 10 here, okay? You have to be getting 10 if if you're taking Kansas. Now, I I still think this Jayhawk team is really good. 
That was a bad performance for three quarters last week against Texas Tech. It's a game you should win. And quite frankly, when Kansas kicked the field goal late in regulation, I thought, all right, you know what? They're going to find a way in overtime. We're going to cover our number. Maybe even win it with a touchdown. But the defense failed at the end of the game. And credit to Baron Morton and Texas Tech for getting in range at the end of the game. And for Kansas, look, this really does feel like a what could have been for KU here in Big 12 play. Because the two games, forget the Texas game. They were overmatched. It was Bean starting at the last minute because Daniels hurt his back in warmups. You're going to lose that game even if Daniels probably plays. But the two other losses were games where, look, Oklahoma State, they were in control and they melted in the fourth quarter. And this Texas Tech game, they just played three bad quarters and still had a shot to win. This could be a look for K-State and Kansas both. Because both of them had losses to Oklahoma State that were flabbergasting at the time. And you know what? Quite frankly, even if Oklahoma State makes the Big 12 championship game, it's flabbergasting that they're there. They're probably the sixth or seventh best team in this conference, Oklahoma State. But credit to them. They won the games they had to. But for KU, it really does feel like a what could have been. Even though, again, if you go 8-4, and four, even if they lose this game against K-State, you sign up there for that every single time going into the year if you're a Kansas football supporter. Uh, no play at the moment. I, again, we got to see who's playing quarterback. If it's Bean, take it, take it anything north of a touchdown. If it's Ballard, I don't mind taking 10, but I wouldn't take anything less than that. Uh, K-State is still very good. All right, let's go to Ames. The most intriguing game of the week in the conference. Iowa State hosting Texas. Iowa State's a seven and a half point underdog at home, total 47. Very impressive a week ago in Provo as Iowa State just pummeled BYU in that game. Now they return home. Now, look, Iowa State so far in conference this year, the two losses, Oklahoma pounded them, and that was an Oklahoma effort that we kind of expected that day. NKU, look, again, this is part of the reason that I think it's a what-if what, what if year for Kansas. That was a really impressive win they had in Ames a few weeks ago. Coming off the biggest win the program had had in over a decade and going on the road to a tough place and a team that, look, this Iowa State team is better than the 6-4 and four record that it has. I, the, the, Iowa, the Iowa game, it is what it is. Iowa just beats you by low scoring, even though even though we know 33 points in an Iowa-Iowa State game is equivalent to like 65 at this point in an Iowa game. And uh, look, the Ohio game was a horrible effort. They, there was no excuse for losing that game now in hindsight, even with all the, 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 uh, the illness that was going on across the team. Texas is everything to play for on the Texas side of things. If the Longhorns win out, they have a great shot of making the college football playoff. For Texas's sake, I, I think they want to play Oklahoma a second time to, have, first off, avenge a loss that should never have happened. Let's be honest with ourselves. That loss should never have happened for Texas. They only have themselves to blame for that. And beating every team that you played, if you get tech, if Texas gets Oklahoma in Arlington in two weeks, that will look better to the committee. Look, I still argue Texas is the best win in the country of anyone. That win at Alabama is better than Washington beating Oregon at home. I still think that. Now, granted, whoever wins the Michigan-Ohio State game will have the best win of the season, regardless of who wins that game. 
And if it's Ohio State, they'll especially have the best win. But we look at this one individually here. Seven and a half is too many points. Now, I don't, I'm not going to rush to the window to bet Iowa State here. I wish I was getting a few. I wish I was getting more. I wish I was getting north. I wish I was getting a full eight or somehow getting nine here. But this feels like a spot where Texas has historically managed to blow it. On the road, competent team, good defense against them. It oh, it feels historically like a game Texas would blow. Now, as I wrote in the article, I didn't have a play in this game. I have concerns about Rocco Beck against this defense. If Beck can play turnover free football, Iowa State's got a shot to pull this thing outright. Now, I don't have the the fortitude to do it. And I don't even have a bet on this game. But don't be surprised if Texas really struggles here and Iowa State is leading this game late and Texas has to find a way to win it. So we'll stay off, though. Texas 7.5 point favorites at DraftKings against Iowa State. All right, that's all the time we have. I can't believe we only have one more of these left for the regular season. There's only one to go here. Pretty crazy that the regular season is almost done. Don't worry, we'll have a Big 12 championship preview in two weeks, and we'll also have bowl game previews as we go through it, through the bowl season. Plenty of Big 12 bowl games to talk about. I'm Jeff Parles. This has been Big 12 Bets. Thank you for listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Of course, heartlandcollegesports.com for all of our great Big 12 coverage.